0: This is episode 46 of the podcast, and we actually want to celebrate Father's Day today by having on an extraordinary dad, and there's a special reason behind this. During the month of May, when we did Maternal Mental Health Month, I had tons of people emailing me saying, you have to get on Eric Dykes. Eric Dykes is the father and husband behind The Emily Effect, which was an organization founded after the tragic death of his wife, who suffered from postpartum mood disorder. And everyone just said, he is so amazing. He's doing amazing work, wanting to raise awareness about this really important topic. He doesn't want any other families to be robbed of the joy of being able to have their mom in the home. And um, I think that is a critical message to share. And I love the work that he's doing, not only to raise awareness for maternal mental health, but I'm just so impressed how he has stepped up as a solo parent after his wife's death and he has five children and it's just remarkable to me the fact that he's you know stepped up as a father And, you know, gone on to live this really meaningful and purposeful life to help other families and other women out there to get the help that his wife so desperately needed. So we're going to talk with him today about about his journey, and he's going to speak about his dear wife, who is an extraordinary mom herself. So let's talk with Eric about this really special, special project. All right, I would like to welcome Eric Dykes to the call. Hi, Eric. Hi. How's it going? It's it's
1: going well. I appreciate the opportunity to be on today.
0: Well, thank you. Um, I've heard from various people that they were wanting to hear your story on the podcast. And once I learned more about your dear wife, I totally agree. So why don't you give a little background on your family and your story that's gotten a lot of attention lately? Sure.
1: No, oh, Happy to. Um, so my my dear wife, Emily. Cook Dykes. Um, she was, she's been the love of my life. She and I um, fell in love early on, I would say. Well, I fell in love with her and it took her a little bit of time to catch up, I think. But um, from a very early age, we grew up like two blocks away from each other in this small little rural town in Utah. And and so, spent a lot of time together. Our families were friends, and we went to Lake Powell here in Utah, and just spent spent some good quality time, and and became drawn to her. And through our high school years, we we dated and had fun with our group of friends, and um, uh, and then when I turned 19, I went on an LDS mission, and she went to BYU and Snow College, and had a lot of fun. And so. Um, kind of parted ways for a, a period which was good we spent some time apart and then when I returned home uh, we decided we really liked each other and so five months after I returned from my church service mission for the LDS church um, she and I were married and started our life together and uh, a few years later had a a, a child, our first child, Jace, and then a, a few years after that, had Addy, and then we had Colby, and then we had Macy. And thought we might be done after four kids uh, and getting on in our age. And, and uh, you know, we were in our late 30s, and Emily had had a desire to to have more kids, and I, I was certainly supportive of her what she planned on doing and 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 wanted to do. So we decided to have one more. And um, on May, excuse me, March 20th of 2015. Emily and I had our, our fifth and final child, Trey Hudson, a small little boy, Trey Hudson Dykes, and um, that's kind of the, the real beginning of the story. During the labor and delivery, Emily had some complications. She dilated really fast, which is not uncommon, but that I it, it seemed to just kind of shock her body and, and it was scary for me. But then after the baby came, um, she thought, well – we. we it was a traumatic event, and her doctor thought she might be having um, an amniotic embolism. I think it's called, mm. and so it was very scary, and it was kind of all hands on deck, red alert. Uh, but after a few minutes, they took care of her, and, and then there were there were several tests afterwards, making certain that um, no no major physical damage had taken place. But unfortunately, you don't have one of those tests for the psychological damage that can take place with a traumatic um, event. And mm-hmm. so I point back to that event as kind of the catalyst of what started the challenges that Emily and I, you know, faced the past year. Uh, so just, uh, kind of shorten the story, uh, got Emily home and, um, she had a hard time nursing our child, Trey, and that her anxiety just went through the roof. She, mm-hmm. and she was a mild manner, low maintenance, low drama, just a submissive person. But when she couldn't nurse Trey, it was uh, evident that there was something going on. So we got her into her OB and she got some help there and, and went on an SSRI, Zoloft actually, and uh, spent, spent some time just recovering until August. And then August, she, she didn't want to be on the meds, the huge stigma associated with it. Didn't want to be, you know, kind of in our minds, chemically dependent on, on a, a pill or a drug. And so she decided she wanted to go off. She went off, and then in the first part of December, the anxiety came back, had a major bout for about two weeks right before Christmas. And then it came back again in January. Then it went away and came back again in February. And uh, all along that, there's, there's obviously lots of details and a lot of visits to doctors and therapists and ERs, and, um, but I, I, I learned along the way that the system um, – is not is one not conducive to a mom hmm. and two is extremely confusing to a caregiver emily and i college graduates you know kind of middle class relatively you know well adjusted individuals uh, had good health insurance very supportive parents on both sides and siblings mm-hmm. neighbors strong neighbors a, a church congregation that was supportive my work was very supportive emily had a group of friends very supportive and there were times that I felt completely alone and completely lost in the process, mm. um, because it was uh, it was the coordination between the caregivers and the therapists, and it was confusing and, and hard to manage and traverse, and and so it made the journey very difficult at times and uh, and very frustrating. So, you know, uh, kind of that the. the the climax of that part of the story is on February 24th, Emily had spent some time with her parents, which is about an hour south of our home. Um, she was in kind of a state of anxiety. She decided to go down there visit her parents, which she did. On the way back, she was with her dad and had a major panic attack on the side of the interstate. And um, in an effort to try to flee to safety, which is what happens in a panic attack, um, she, caught, she got caught in the wrong spot. And um, you know was hit, hit hit by a vehicle on uh, I-15 and um, uh, you know her life was taken at that moment. and then my life and my kid's life obviously changed at that point. And from there, um, kind of the, the, the stepping stone to the next part, you know at some point we can talk about is the foundation. and, and I, I felt like we needed to build, on what I had learned and what the experience Emily had had, and, and thus we've, we've created the Emily Effect.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, like you said, you never really had much experience with me- the mental health side of things before, yeah. and certainly you didn't because you were just along for the ride with each of these kids and everything, and you've never been in the mind of a postpartum mom, but I mean, the common theme here is that a lot of women don't realize what they're going through while they're going through it. You yeah. know, and then it gets to be too late, or they look back and they say, Why did I suffer so unnecessarily? Yeah. You know? And so would you say I mean, would you have ever dreamed that it could have gotten to that point and that level of severity? Did you have any awareness at that time?
1: Absolutely not. And I think that's um, so
0: common. It's
1: very common and you know, you, you raise a great point that when Emily when Emily first returned home and she started experiencing anxiety symptoms. Mm-hmm. It's not as if we both pointed out and said, "Oh man, there we go." It's it's postpartum anxiety, and, right? You know, we've got the magic pill, and we know the exact treatment, and we're going to do that. It was just like, "Wow, this is really scary." And what are we really doing? And I would look in her eyes, and when she would have these anxious bouts, and be like, "She's not home. She's right. not there." That's you not know, the her. The girl that I once knew was not there. And then it got to the point as it grew that. Um, these what moms call these intrusive thoughts, or these mm. fearful thoughts, or these um, uh, uninvited thoughts would come into her mind about just scary things. Right. And let's face it, moms have these. Okay, if you're having postpartum anxiety or depression, you may have some of these some of these thoughts. And it's 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 difficult in our culture, especially, to think that a mom could have a thought about potentially you know, injuring her baby or having her baby injured or injuring herself or having something dire happen to her or a family member, but they're, they're, they're uninvited thoughts that come into their mind. And so when I started having some of those things, I knew that it was pretty severe and we we needed to get some more help. And, um, but yeah, it's, I never thought it would get to that point. What happens is she would, she would have a major bout and then she'd get better. And when she was better, she was back to normal completely. So then we're looking in the rear view mirror saying, I, I, I never want to go back there. I never want to go back there. I don't know how I was there. I don't know. I, I, I can't even believe that we were there, but then it would slowly creep back in. Something would happen to be a catalyst that would start the anxiety. She'd climb for three or four days, stay at a really high bad spot for five or six days and then it would taper off. Yeah. So it's about a two week period of just uh very, distracting and, uh, you know, difficult time for both of us. But that should be great for a few weeks. And we're
0: thinking, it's past us. We paid our dues, but then it would slip back in. Is that why you started the Emily Effect?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. Um, we're still in this whole explorative process of trying to find um, out what, what we're trying to do and, and yeah. what we can do. But I think what we want to do initially is just become a clear house and a facilitator and an orchestrator that that can um, direct people or connect the dots Uh and and guide them to the right resources we obviously don't have the resources and we're not licensed and trained to to give the therapy or give the you know the, the kind of counseling that's needed but we can certainly say hey here's resources in your area and look into that and you can try this and so we're not prescribing what someone needs to do per se we're just saying kind of our mantra is you know you need to You need to educate yourself. Figure out what's available and um, do a better job than I did, certainly, in terms of of seeing what's out there.
0: Well, yeah, and women take prenatal birth classes and everything, and there's a lot of preparation that women can pursue going into having a baby. But there's nothing revolving around mental health. What if you prepped your mind and just to have the knowledge that if you see these red flags, this is what it could be? And so you're not just thinking, Oh, I can get through this or not thinking at all. Cause I mean, you're sleep deprived, you know, you're conflicted with not nursing like Emily was. And I mean, it's just, there's so much yeah. we need to talk I, about this and normalize it.
1: I completely agree. Um, one of the words that came to me forcibly early on is the anticipate.
0: Mm-hmm. I did not anticipate
1: mm-hmm. this at all. I was not prepared for it.
0: Well, well you had four other children. Yeah, but we had four other children. Yeah. and they were all squeaky clean. Right, right.
1: We right. had some some baby blues, but that was it. Right. We never had anything like this. Yes, yeah. So I, I think moms, you know, uh, to your point, um, not just thinking about it on the six week visit when you go back to your OB, but uh-huh. you know, when you're deciding and planning to even be an expected mother and to have a child, I hope that even families and clinicians and friends and groups, church groups and civic groups can say, hey, let's take care of our moms early on yeah. and let's let's make certain we in our community and our backyard have resources and we're not afraid to have the conversations and ask the moms and give them a form to speak up.
0: Absolutely. What has this project, this Emily effect, what has this done for you? I mean, you went from being, you know, a husband and a father of five to being a solo parent and that is just, that's a big undertaking. And and you're grieving the loss of your beautiful wife. So, what yeah. has this done for you in order to help you to keep putting one foot in front of the other?
1: Yeah, no that that's a, that's a great point. It's therapy for me, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm a single dad, five kids, and I have a nanny that's helping out. I have Emily's mother, my mother. We have family and friends that are helping out, which is was fantastic because I couldn't do it without them. Yeah. But as far as the foundation goes, it gives me a it gives me purpose and meaning to get yeah. out of bed each day to know that I'm going to get another slew of messages from moms, either either expressing their their appreciation to Emily and us sharing her story, or mom saying, "Hey, help me!" and "What can I do?" So it's just it's just that whole idea that um, I can raise awareness, raise Emily's legacy, and and receive this therapeutic. Um, Uh, just experience along the way. So there's multiple benefits from it. It's a lot of them are selfish, frankly, but we're able to help people along the way. And, and, uh, you know, I, I envision uh, continued growth and a good trajectory. I love that.
0: I think the things in life that can help people the most are done without the intent of ever helping people. You know, it's really just done from a place of there needs to be awareness and whatever byproduct, is a result of that fabulous, but just putting it out there and because you're passionate about this now, I think that's so important. Well, I mean, this is called the extraordinary moms podcast and I know that you think that Emily is an extraordinary mom. What would you want people to know about her and your children to know about their, their mom?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's a difficult question to answer. And honestly, it brings feelings to the surface. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate the question. Um, because I, I, I miss her every second of every day, and I love her so dearly. And, um, it's my daughter's 13th birthday today, mm. and um, she came to me last night, laid by me on, in the bed, and she was very solemn and, and shared a lot of tears that her mom wasn't going to be here on the 13th birthday. And what I'd say about Emily was um, she made she made the time with her kids and with me count. Mm. She was attentive. Birthdays were a big deal. Uh, celebrations were a big deal in her mind. And she was present when she was with you. She didn't spend a whole lot of time on her phone. She loved Instagram, spent mm-hmm. some time there, not a lot of time on Facebook. She was one of those people that if you if you texted her, it'd take her a little bit of time to get back. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes she'd call her and she wouldn't be around her phone because she wherever she was, she was present wow. and she was focused on the tasks at hand and the people that were right around her. And so I would say, I would say that's what I, I miss the most is just her presence mm. and her, um, her genuine authentic manner about, uh, her way about interacting with me and, and the people directly around her.
0: That's beautiful. That's a fabulous answer, even though this is still so raw and so painful. And, um, but we want to honor her and remember her as an extraordinary mom. And, um, to realize that extraordinary moms are faced with these types of challenges in their lives at times. And it's important to recognize that. Mm -hmm. Well, Eric, I always ask my guests one final question, and you're the first man ever. So there's two reasons I wanted to have you on in this time frame. This is going to air on the Friday before Father's Day. So we wanted to wish you a very happy Father's Day because you're an extraordinary dad, really and truly. It's amazing. And then it's also airing the day before the Climb Out of Darkness hikes, um, which I think is great, raising awareness for um, mental health issues, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, But I always ask my guests one final question, and it's, what advice would you give your pre-motherhood self? So we're going to flip that. You don't have to answer the motherhood aspect. But what advice would you give yourself, pre-fatherhood self, and uh, going into becoming a dad, what would you tell yourself?
1: No, that's a great question. And I have a thousand answers going through <laughs> my mind. And the first thing that comes to mind is this. Chill out. <laughs> chill yep, out. Yep. Just yep. be chill. The kids, they want you, they want you there. They want you present. Don't focus on management and administration, because that's what I do at work, right? And so yeah. I think I have to plug that in at, at home. Just chill out and be present and um be in those moments with your kids and don't be afraid to look them in the eyes and have the conversations that um, will be meaningful along the way. So that's my advice to myself would be just chill
0: out. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect ending. Eric, thank you so much for sharing Emily's story. Thank you for your work with the Emily effect. I'll have resources and links in the show notes page on extraordinary um, where people can get more information, but we just wish you and your family the very, very best.
1: Well, I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Jessica.
0: Thanks so much.
1: You
0: bet. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. If that doesn't show you you can get through hard things, I don't know what will. Eric is an extraordinary dad, and he has turned something incredibly tragic and challenging into something purposeful and even potentially positive. By getting the message out there, what the warning signs are, for postpartum mental health issues, as well as putting resources out there and changing legislation, if that's what it takes. Getting people the help they need when they need it before it's too late. And I loved his advice, just to chill out. It's not about go, go, going all the time. It's not about keeping the house perfectly clean. It's not about running a tight ship at home. It's about having fun with your kids and enjoying your life and their life. And you want your kids to look back and remember the things about you that their kids will remember about Emily. That she wasn't just glued to her phone all the time. When she was there, she was truly there. She was on your side. She was present with you. And I think we can all strive a little more to be a little more present like Emily was. And, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of that at times and could definitely be better. And so I want to go forward you know, being more aware of that type of behavior, because I want my kids to look back on their day and upon their whole childhood and and say, my mom was truly there for me. What better legacy to leave than that? So thanks, Eric. Happy Father's Day. And thank you for tuning in to the Extraordinary Moms podcast. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at JessicaDahlquist3 please share this episode. Um, If you love what you're hearing every week on the podcast, share it with a friend, teach them how to listen to a podcast. It's amazing to me that so many people don't even realize they have an app on their phone for listening to podcasts. So um, I just, I thank you for listening and for sharing the word so we can continue building this community as we cheer each other on. I hope everyone has a fabulous weekend and a happy Father's Day. Next Tuesday on the show, I'm doing a book club episode, and I'm so excited because it's the book The Fringe Hours, and I'm actually having the author, Jessica Turner, on to talk with me about why she wrote the book and what are the fringe hours during our day. So I can't wait to bring that for you on Tuesday's episode. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week.